May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning. As Christmas is just about here, we probably begin to get a little bit nostalgic about on Friday night, we will finally light the candle in the middle as Christmas will arrive. But on this fourth Sunday of Advent, as I was preparing for the sermon and what we will look at, I couldn't help but get a little nostalgic myself. And I remembered in my previous parish something I will hold dear to for the rest of my life. Now, as I was low man on the totem pole, as I got there as a youth pastor, apparently the staff that had been doing this for a long time was ready to hand it over. And my boss at the time would tell me, we have something that we do, that, which is unique to this place, Jackson Hole, and uh, some other places do similar things, but this is what I want you to do. On Christmas Day in the evening, and this will be at the seventh service that we had done Christmas Eve and into that day, this is what you need to do. You need to, we will have a pre-done book of Christmas carols for you. And you will need to go out to the Chapel of Transfiguration, all the way outside of town in the, in, on the icy and snowy roads. And the park will, right to the entrance of that chapel, they will plow the road for you. But they will not plow the road down to the chapel. And it's a little bit of a journey. And so I was told to strap on my guitar, put on my snowshoes or cross-country skis, and then head out to the chapel. Where at sunset, people would do the same. They would go and park wherever they could find, and they would ski in. And then as the uh, sun would set, the candles would come out. And all we would do is by either guitar or even some years just with our voices as the sun set out in that just pristine wilderness looking out upon the Grand Teton, we would sing Christmas carols. And I tell you, I remember, and it, it didn't matter that I wasn't a song leader and I could sound the worst I could ever sound, the group that would come and gather every year for that, it just meant so much to them. And you can imagine, it's just anchored by the singing of those songs, which meant so much to us. Silent Night. And even here, as we'll gather on Christmas Eve, if you were here, remember last year when we would light candles and sing that song, a storm hit. And all the power would go away, taking us back to a time which has probably become a treasured memory for all of us. These songs of the season. These Christmas carols and some of the ways in which we got to see, sing them probably help prepare us for the coming of Christmas on Friday night. Well, it is that I want to get you in touch with because our gospel brings before us what some theologians and scholars call the very first Christmas carol. Now, contextually, you probably heard the story that Father Joe just read uh, to us from the Gospel of Luke. And what that is, is that Mary, the mother of Jesus, leading into this story, has been visited by the angel Gabriel, as, as well as her cousin Elizabeth. 
And they have both been told, Elizabeth, that she would be uh, much past the age to actually give birth herself, and yet she would be bringing into the world John the Baptist, who would be the forerunner for, Mar for the Son of God who would be born to Mary by the Holy Spirit in the Immaculate Conception. And Mary is dealing with this news that she has received. She is going to approach it faithfully, but like any human being who's just gone through something like this, she's questioning and confused and a little bit overwhelmed. And she's thinking in her head, how am I going to give birth? I've never been with a man and I'm, I'm, I'm betrothed, but I've never done that before. And how is it going to happen? Well, she needs to go and, and talk to somebody about this. And who better than her cousin Elizabeth? who is now preg pregnant as well with John the Baptist. So she goes about a hundred miles. As, as we hear baby Jesus is in her at that time, she herself, by herself, goes into the Judean countryside, almost a hundred mile trek, and she needs to speak to Elizabeth in this confusion, in this overwhelmingness, and Elizabeth as Mary arrives. The baby that's inside Elizabeth jumps with joy and we hear the Holy Spirit enters and falls upon Elizabeth and she proclaims, but the Son of God is in you now. And that is what we see that leads us into the Magnificat, which is what I said. Some people call it the very first Christmas carol. This scene and this confirmation, Mary walks into and the Holy Spirit being there in the room and we hear the words, blessed are you and that the Son of God is inside of you. By, by this reaction by Elizabeth, it sets a spirit of praise and worship and faithfulness within Mary. And from there, we see the words in our Gospel of Luke, they turn. And we hear that it's a song that comes from her changed heart when she re begins to realize what she has been called to do and the magnitude and how significant her role is in it and, and that Christ chose to come into the world. God is what we will celebrate in the Christmas season. And her heart is overjoyed. And we hear what there are actually 17 character traits that are listed in the very short verses of the Magnificat or the, known as the Song of Mary that we have that finishes out our gospel today. Now, of course, we do not have enough time to talk about 17 character traits that come from this song that just flows freely from Mary. But I want to focus on four of the character traits that come from some of the lyrics of the Song of Mary. And my hope is that as we see what they meant to Mary herself and how her life was changed and, and as she continued to grow and live with Jesus as he got older and he went to his cross, faced his death and rose again, I, my prayer would be that these four character traits that we look at that changed the life of Mary and that we realize as we prepare for the arrival of Christmas that they also, these character traits mean so much to us in this day as well. 
So the first of those we hear in the opening of this song of Mary, we hear her say, my soul magnifies the Lord. She just called the baby growing within her that she now believes is happening and she's recognizing what, what is going to happen. She calls that child Lord. And what does that mean? The character trait is that God is sovereign. When God is Lord, it means that there is nothing beyond and everything is underneath the, the Lord. That all kingdoms and that even demons and Satan and all circumstance is underneath the Lord. Can you imagine what is going on? Mary getting this news, if we were in her shoes, we would probably be overwhelmed and before anxiety medication was even created. Can you imagine what she has been asked to do? I mean, she's, she's from Nazareth, of all places, of middle school age, between the ages of 12 and 14, and she has been asked to, with, without her husband, which means that she's probably going to go for a time of people talking in the background about, well, maybe she cheated on Joseph, and that reputation that would follow her, but instead of all that worry, that she could have, she recognized the child growing within her that is about to be born as Lord. All things will be underneath, and this is where she puts her faith and her hope. No worry in what she has been asked to do, but the Christ coming into the world is Lord. From there, we look at a second character trait, and we hear right after she says, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in my Savior. At this time, to call the one coming into the world Savior, she recognizes that she has a need, a need that she can't fix in her own self and in her own power. And she realizes by calling the one coming into the world that was growing in her Savior that this one would be the deliverer for all, the redeemer of all. That, that he was coming into the world on this rescue mission to save not just her, but the, everybody in the world. And she recognizes this in this song of Mary by saying, Rejoice in my soul, for he is Savior. A third one we will look at, a character trait of God in this song of Mary, is how personal God is. We actually hear in one of the lyrics that she writes, in, in, talking about how mighty he is and he has done great things for me. Recognizing what he had called her to at that time, and if we in history would probably not even remember Mary. She was from Nazareth, where we hear in other places in Scripture, nothing good can ever come from Nazareth. She was a woman. And as we know in history, we didn't look kindly upon women in those days as they were seen as less. And she was from a working class poor family. And that's what she would grow into in marrying Jesus, or marrying Joseph, being a carpenter. And they were a working class family that she grew up and came to and had not a lot of resource. 
And some theologians even argue that Mary may not have even been literate, living outside of Jerusalem. How does she know the Magnificat is actually, the Song of Mary is actually so much Old Testament scripture. From the first five books of the Old Testament to the prophets, even to the Psalms, Mary has brought all this together. This little middle school age child that was going to be asked to birth the Lord and she might not even be able to read. And yet it means she probably sat in synagogue and was spoken those things and remembered them and they are just flowing out of her. How personal this character trait of God as she says, God has done great things for me. She, it didn't look upon who she was or how history or others might have seen her, but God looked upon her as favored and as blessed. As Even though it will be the mother of the Son of God, she was a son and daughter that would be made that by, by Christ on his cross. And how, what, a, what a scene to remember, that here she will be in this scene that we have, and as Jesus is born, and Mary is the only one that was there for his birth, and then at his cross when he would die. Oh, what she saw, and she knows that God has done great things for me. How personal is our God. And the fourth and final character trait we will look at in the Song of Mary today is that we, we hear in the lyrics that and his name will be holy. How holy is our God. How set apart is our God. And yet we go back to personal that, that if you're, we think about how holy God is and that, that Mary is remembering and then believing that she will be the one to bring that into the world. And then she will see that at his death and that his rising again and everything that will happen in that season which she gets to live into, she will know the holiness of God across the span of his life. Well, as we consider the first Christmas carol today, as we prepare for the arrival of Christmas at, at the end of the week, I would pray like Mary that you would know that your souls, just like her, magnify or reflect who God is in this world as well. Just like Mary, may you know that God is Lord and sovereign of all. And if you bring a circumstance in with you this morning that it is hard to focus on anything else or to get anything else done, may you find the peace and the joy that Mary do, knew by knowing that God is Lord and above all things. May you know by that lyric as well, the Savior, the character trait of God coming into the world being our Savior. Yet, yes, we do indeed have need. And if we, Christ wouldn't have come into the world, we would be left in our brokenness, in our sin. But let our focus not remain on that point, but on the fact that the one that came into the world allows us to sing a new song and lets us have these times of worship instead of times of great anxiety and worry because he is our Savior. May you know, just like Mary, how personal God is. 
that God knows every single thing about you. Those things you try to hide that no one else knows, and yet he doesn't see those things any longer. As he paid the price for our sins on the cross, he now sees us, just like Mary, as sons and daughters of his, of the kingdom of God, because of how personal and gracious he actually is. And finally, just like Mary, may you know the holiness of the one who, is come, who has come into the world and that we await to return to, to restore all things to himself, to make all things new. And remember, when we look at his holiness, of course we see our un, unholiness, but he doesn't leave us there. And this is what we celebrate at Christmas, why he came. And may, like I already said, let us not put our focus on our own sin and brokenness, but on the one who came as deliverer and redeemer of all and lets us sing a new song of praise, just like Mary did with the Magnificat. In this fourth and final week of Advent, may you know these character traits and that it changes everything for us all. As we continue to be given and made in the image of Christ a new heart by his grace and by his coming. Amen.